Welcome to The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we're talking about parenting and the grade school adjustment. All right, we are back here with the lovely Jesse Sanchez. Hello, hello. And the fantastic, I got to use different yeah, thank you. adjectives. <laughs> thank you. And the fantastic Tanya No. Woohoo! She is I lovely. should use allitter- alliteration. I should think about that sometime. I'll work on it. Yeah. Well, we are excited to have you back. We're talking about parenting. You know, last season we did a whole, we did a whole section on parenting in the early years. Right. And so this season we're taking that next stage and we're going to talk about parenting in the grade school years. Those years now when the the child is no longer a baby or a toddler, uh, but they've made that jump. And now they're part of school as kindergarten, Mm. preschool, at least, you know, preschool is kind of the cutoff range, but they're actually in some kind of formalized education setting. And that could be various things, homeschool, public school, private school. We'll talk about that on our next episode, but we're talking about just making the adjustment today. And so we want to ask this question, how can parents prepare for their children to make that leap to being a grade schooler? How can parents prepare? Because it's a big leap. Or are you asking how can parents prepare themselves? I mean, really? <laughs> I think that's what we're talking about here, Because right? kids just keep going. They're you just going to go, right? yeah. They, they they're just excited. keep going. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it really, really us. Is. Yeah. It really is. It's yeah. the parents preparing for that new season. Sure, there's an element where they're leading the child, different yeah. things, but yeah, primarily it's it's for us right. as parents to right. walk through these seasons and say, oh my goodness, this is different. Right. This is not the same as it was before. Things need to look different. There are different stages. We know that when mm-hmm. we're raising our kids. You guys have done round one. Now you're on the grandparent round two, mm-hmm. the enjoyable, 2.0. you don't have to worry about the difficult things and get to enjoy <laughs> all the lovely things. That's right. <laughs> Praise God for that. Uh, but you guys have lived through it. And so this is why it's great to have you, uh, you know, bring some knowledge and experience to the table about what you guys walk through and what you've seen as well yeah. in the church. And so what, not only what you've experienced personally, but what you've seen with others and walked with them in their seasons and, uh, and with their kids as well. So we, we know every stage will have new joys, new challenges, but there is a uniqueness to that schooling age. Yeah, it brings sure. it brings, And that's what we really want to talk today. It brings some, some unique things when we're talking about school and homework and the friendship dynamic that's different mm-hmm. than play dates mm-hmm. when they're younger mm-hmm. yeah. um, and the influences those can have mm-hmm. on kids, the mm-hmm. activities that we put them in or don't yeah. put them in, you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, even just relating to them. You know, it's, it's a quite a bit, quite a bit different than when they're young. So let's talk about this. What are, what are some difficulties in, in this particular development stage when, when they're moving from being that baby and toddler to now being a grade schooler? What are some difficulties that you guys have either experienced mm. or that you've seen others face? Well, first of all, um, this is a very humbling topic because obviously I'm much older, but looking back, I don't sense that I did things as well as I could. So it's very humbling. So not all of this is being spoken from personal experience where I would say, woo, we did this great and it turned out perfect, but more just an observation and, and even just challenge that we could have done this better. We could have done this differently. Let me just give an encouragement right there because I, I saw this on a <laughs> social media of all things. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but it, I thought it was a wonderful encouragement. It's, it said, it was speaking to children and said, 
give grace to your parents because they're doing this for the first time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I just, you know, you, mm-hmm. I thought about that and I'm like, yeah. mm. so mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying that, yeah. but what a what a great position that is to say, you know, we're we're doing this the best we can the first time. It's mm-hmm. not like we've done this for, right. you know, generations right. and we've raised all these right. kids, you know, right. we're we're not 900 years old right. not anymore. Right. Uh, so it's, this is our first generation, we're right. doing this and right. we're learning as we go. Right. So I appreciate the humility right. and I think that's a good good encouragement for all of us. We're learning. We're seeking to do our best. So, praise God, we get to we get to hear from you and your yeah. wisdom today. Okay. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that um, parenting is challenging, and I think that we all come at it from different perspectives. Um, I would say one of the cautions would be: do not do things the way your parents did them. We all have our opinions about how our parents did things. Um, It's rare that I hear somebody say, my parents were perfect and they did everything exactly right. Um, Your parents didn't do everything exactly right, even if you think they did. They also didn't do everything wrong. They did some things right and they really blew other things because they were sinners and they were doing it for the first time. So when you say, okay, my parents, I wanna do this that my parents did, don't necessarily emulate them perfectly. Then you have your spouse who has their opinions about what their parents did. So you're both coming into this with different mindsets of just like, for sure, my kid, you know, I remember the one thing, you know, Jeff was like, it's a no brainer. Our kid is playing football. We didn't sit down and talk about it. It was like, <laughs> this true. is something yeah. and that- And he did. You yes, were like the prophet and there. he did, he did. But it wasn't something we sat and talked about. We didn't decide, is Tyler the right fit for this? Is this a good personality match for him? It was just like, He nope. was a good fit for it. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it yeah, did. It, it ended well. up working out well, um, but we didn't uh, we didn't tailor it for our children. We kind of went with what our mindset was going into it. That this is what we want, um, and so I would say, not you don't throw everything out, but you need to sit down as a couple and say, what are the things that are really important? What did your parents do well that we want to implement? What did my parents do well? And then how do we implement that well um, for each of our children? And that's the challenge too, is that you've got, okay, so I'm going to look at you guys at the Sanchai and say, okay, you've got two kids, very different ages, um, male, female. Um, And so you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to try doing this with, with Eden, but now Zion's watching this, he's younger, he's exposed to things before he necessarily would be. And so it's hard to necessarily parent for Eden with what she needs in this moment because you've got little eyes and ears learning the exact same thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, mm-hmm. uh, that's not what he should be learning at this age. So the challenge in that is you can't, you can't um, parent your children in a vacuum. And so what's good for this one child at this time it's going to fall over onto the other one. So there's a mindfulness as parents that um, the principles should stay the same, obviously, but implementation have to be creative. Um, Discipline, you have to be creative. Um, What works with one won't work with the other. Um, And so there's a mental gymnastics that goes on in parenting and adjusting. And it's exhausting. To go back to our weariness uh, episode a couple of times ago, (laughs) that you will feel weary in this because it is hard. And I remember going to a mom's group when the kids were little and everybody just talked about, can't wait for school, can't wait for school. Can yeah. uh, can we get all day kindergarten so that they're gone all day? Oh. And talking about, you know, we're just doing the happy dance outside the, the fence when we drop the kids off because it's like, wow, we've got six uninterrupted hours. And it was like, okay, am I, is that what we're living for? Is it we're just living for the break from the children? And, mm-hmm. and so it, it, there's... 
there's all these different mindsets that go along with adjusting with the kids and it's hard and you will, you will be weary in it. Um, but as a couple, you need to have a united front. You need to be very clear in your purpose and in your intent and your implementation. It won't always go perfectly. So you have to have grace for yourself. Um, but adjusting, uh, I would say be proactive in the adjustment. Like, you know, when your kid goes to school, I mean, you may not remember what you experienced in kindergarten, but you certainly have friends who have kids that went to kindergarten a year ago. So you go to them and say, what, what did your kid struggle with? What did it do to their sleeping schedule? Did you find that they weren't eating the healthy lunch you were sending them? How did you help, you know, like ask people for some Asking, advice that yeah. people went through this just a little bit ahead of you um, and get some counsel in that and then sit down and say, okay, our daughter, our son has this temperament. I think they're going to struggle with this. I think this teacher is going to challenge them in a way that might feel defeating or whatever. And so if you're proactive in anticipating what the adjustments need to be for your child, you're going to be more equipped to be able to help them through those things. But if you just sit back and wait for everything and it's starting to happen, you'll get behind the eight ball. You'll get very discouraged. Your children will get discouraged. Um, your children will stop having faith that you know how to help them if you are not anticipating their needs as they're coming up. So that's probably the best thing I think mm. you can do. That's good. The, what I remember was um, this was that time where as a parent, you have to let you have to let the rope out a little bit with your kids. Let them go, let them grow, and um, and not, and and we also, I think, especially with firstborns, you struggle with that because you've had them in the home, you've been able to watch every step, protect them in every way, and all of a sudden, guess what? They're going out into the world, and it's it can be a little bit terrifying. But that's part of the process. Every kid goes through this, and guess what? They're going to fall down and skin their knee. And somebody maybe in, it doesn't matter whether it's school or they go play a sport or they do a hobby, some other kid says something mean to them. Yeah. So there's all kinds yeah. of new things mm -hmm. that they're going to deal with. And as a parent, you're like, you want to you cuddle them and bring them back into the, into the fold, but you can't because that's part of the process of growing. So now it's going to require more talking through the things that are happening in the world. It's going to require more uh, instruction. It's going to require you to sit down and say, well, what does the Bible say about that? Mm -hmm. uh, so there's all kinds of opportunities, but for a parent, it, this could be a scary time when you're having to let go because stuff's going to happen out there in the world. And, but that's, again, we've talked about this in many ways spiritually, even those trials, those difficulties, that's how we all grow. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I Amen. appreciate so much your, your perspective. We are just entering this season as our youngest started kindergarten this year. Um, I, and so much of it is just theory at this point. Right, and we're right. just trying to figure it out as we go along. Uh, I do come back to uh, shepherding a child's heart. Mm -hmm. I reread periodically and I appreciate how Trip kind of uh, divides the ages and the focus of parenting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he talks about, he defines infancy zero to five, where mm -hmm. the real objective as a biblical parent is to teach your child obedience. Right. Teach them that right. they are a creature under authority and to not reject that authority, to see it as a good thing. Uh, right. And that right. is singular, but it's exhausting, mm -hmm. right? You can discipline for the same thing six times and it's not even 8 a.m. yet. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is gonna be a really long day. And so the monotony of that can be uh, really wearying. Right. He defines childhood as ages five to 12. And the emphasis he says there is that you're to teach your child character. Mm. 
So this is where we talk about honesty and self-control and integrity and working hard. And it's where you're instilling into your child, what does it mean to be a person of character? What does Mm. it mean to, who are you when no one's watching, right? Or what are people saying about you, right? The scripture save and a child is known by his deeds. And so it's the time to build that into it. And then he defines the teen years, 13 to 18. He says, at that point, you're really just a guide. Right. You're really just an advisor at that point. They should have instilled those, you should have instilled those character qualities in them. And now they're testing them out, right? right. Now there's the opportunity to cheat. And now there's the, the friends who are luring them with all kinds of worldly things and how are they responding? And you don't have as much control. Right. The parental authority and control goes down yeah. as their independence grows. And that's natural and that's good, difficult. But you really, so right now I'm like, we're in the season where character matters yeah. and we're learning and I'm trying to do a good job teaching them. Um, and we're talking, talking about those types of things. And boy, do those things pop up all the time. <laughs> and you're right, Tanya. We have a unique struggle in that we have one of each and they're different in age. We got a five-year gap. And so I think that, I think I was a really good parent until Eden was four. <laughs> I think I like, no, I'm, I'm like, okay, this right, is, right. this is, I think I really- I was nailing it. No, I think right. I maybe, I don't think I disciplined in anger at mm. all before I was pregnant with Zion. Right. And then I was exhausted yeah. and she was four. And, and I, I, if I look back, I feel like I've dropped the ball since then. Mm. And it's being in two, having such two different kids. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit of the difficulties in a minute, but it's been very stretching for me. Mm-hmm. And the character, this is the seat. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to teach those character qualities. So it's uh, the monotony of just obedience is difficult. Right. Uh, but now it gets a whole lot wilder. Yeah. And the topics are so varied Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 I know it does. It's harder for sure. <laughs> you know, one thing that, that has hit me recently, so with our daughter who's 10, uh, the shift in that those grade school years, you know, those early years, you're teaching obedience and they're just listening to you. Like you're the greatest hero they've ever had and they want to be you and they <laughs> grow up and all the things. Right. And then they hit those grade school years and now there's these other influences. We yep. let the rope out. Yep. They, they got to be able to have those experiences outside of your watchful right. care. And that's good for them. It's mm-hmm. scary. It's hard, but it's good. But now there's these other influences, these outside yeah. voices. Those outside voices come in, and this is one concern that I've had uh, for these grade school years. There's less of a vocal protest to write encouragements. Hmm. It's more of a silent protest. Hmm. Be- it's beginning for those teenage years when the protest is very silent at times. <laughs> and so I'm seeing the beginnings of that where she's thinking through, hmm, you know, what are you saying? And she's not giving a response. Mm-hmm. Before it would have been like, well, I don't like that. Or, right. well, okay, sure thing, daddy. You know, now it's, hmm. hmm. I'm like, well, hmm, that's Wait, not what? enough. What? You know? <laughs> yeah. what do you mean? Tell me right. what's going on. And right. so then I have to, you know, start asking questions yeah. and draw out that. But that's a unique difference in these grade school years of those outside influences. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now it's no longer just the parental instruction and what's going on in your home. Now you have these other influencers. That doesn't change a parent's responsibility. Not at like all. like right. we know all. we're commanded, Deuteronomy 6, uh, we teach these things. As we go, you know, as we're walking about, doorposts of our home, yep. lying down, sitting down, all the yep. things. We're, we're called to teach who God is. But we do have to help them address, you know, what happens when that kid says something mean to you? 
Right. How, how do we respond? And now we're talking about potentially helping a child who is unregenerate, helping them to respond. Like, so we're teaching them the principles of it, but there might not be heart change there yet. Right. Right. So we're teaching a good thing and for the right reason. Mm-hmm. But man, what if they don't have the power to do it? Because we talk about us having the power as believers yeah. to to go God's way. And, and to do. what about a child who may not have God's power? Yeah. And how do we help them to see this is still a good principle, still a good thing. And we're still pointing them to, to Jesus. Oh, it's hard. Right. Yeah. It's exhausting it these grade school years. It is. Well, and I think uh, one of the things when Tanya mentioned that we could have done better, I think if we could go back in time, we would, every parent, when their kids go off to school or they get into those years, you start focusing on the to-dos, the, the, mm. the things that the kid has to get done, right? There's schoolwork, there's right. there's getting dressed on time, there's getting mm-hmm. in a car on time. And so you wanna make sure that, that they're meeting all those obligations. And in the in the pace of life, there's less of well. Tell me about your day, and mm. and tell me tell me about your heart in the midst of the right, day. That's the right. thing. That's the thing. I think if we went back, we would say, right. we would ask more of those questions about. Okay, so that kid said that to you. Well, talk mm-hmm. to me about how you, how that made you feel, and and how should you have responded? It, it was just trying to get so many things done in a practical sense yeah. that we didn't take enough time for the shepherding of the heart. And so I I would say to every parent that's listening right now. I know it's hard. I know life is is hectic. Get to the heart. Yeah, amen. I mean, even for for us, we're in this mode of ministry and counseling, and that's still a struggle. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, life is busy, and we're moving from thing to thing, and we try to not be overwhelmed and, and overdo things, but still, there's times where it's like mm, we don't have the time to dig in. Mm-hmm. We, we're you got right. a thing you're going to right, <laughs> right now. You got right. volleyball practice. Right. You got to right. want it. Okay, right. but we're going to table this. Stick a pin right. in it. We're going to come back to this tomorrow right. morning. Yeah, you know, when we have the time, you know, we could deal with it. But it is a struggle. So affirming the the need to do it and making the time, yep. making the time to do yep. it. Yep. And, and it is those outside influences that create most of those, yes. m- most of the need for those discussions is because something has happened from yep. the outside that had they been in your home, you would have protected them from that. <laughs> but, but they're out there in the world now. And so now you've got to, now you've got to reckon, you can't be naive. You can't have, be an ostrich and act like, no, they're, everything's fine because I trained my kid on those first four years and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they're starting to hear other voices and mm-hmm. they're being tempted in new ways mm-hmm. and you've got to open up those channels of communication. Right. Right. I think that what you hit on there, the tempted aspect is really uh, crucial because we, we as parents could be tempted to believe, well, everything in our house is okay. It's just the outside influences, right? right if we just keep right. our kids here and we shelter them and protect them, then it'll be fine. But the reality is, is they're sinners. Mm-hmm. And when you hear those outside voices, it's the revealing of what's inside their heart. So yes. as scary as it has been in certain moments, there is such a grace to that. There is such a grace for every difficult um, conversation that we have because it's revealing what's actually in my kid's heart. Right. You know, it's not that they're perfect and they're being spoiled by the world, but the temptations entice them. And why? Do, why is it enticing? Why are? Why do you think you're tempted to do that? Why does that seem like a good idea to you? And we're, <laughs> a, you know, we're able to draw out those different diff- different things, um, and that can be um, just heartbreaking. Yeah. I think. Um, but you want to know. But you want to so know, you want to see it. Right. Yes, yes. It can be uh, difficult. And um, I think this is later in my notes, but I'm going to say it now. Um, I read something really encouraging um, with our mom's group a couple uh, years, or like a year and a half ago, I think, um, where the author in the book said, when your children have a spiritual growth spurt, it is time for you to have one as well. 
Mm. And I was so challenged by that because I think that, right, we can be um, happy where things are at, right? I've put in the work and this is how they behave. And then they just should be, go like this forever. (laughs) How dare they have new struggles, but to think like they are not struggling with the same things that they were a year ago, two years ago. So not to think that your child hasn't grown. They have grown. They're no longer, you know, jumping over the couch and, you know, spilling (laughs) things on the floor, but now, now we're lying. Now we have a poor attitude when we lose a board game. And now there's other, those other things that are coming up. And so when you recognize that your child is having a new struggle, my temptation is to be really discontent with that because I want things to go back to the way that they were. Mm. But that's not righteous and godly. It's their heart is being revealed. And my job as their mom is to have a growth spurt as well. I need to grow in shepherding this issue. Yeah. Um, and that's hard when your children don't struggle in the same way that you do. Mm. Uh, because I just don't get it. Yeah. Why would you care right. what other people think? You yeah, know, like, right. but that's not, that is not helpful. Right. right. <laughs> that is right. not helpful to someone who is struggling. So I am having to grow in compassion and grow in my understanding of God's word and good question asking, even when the questions don't reveal anything, just the thinking, the praying, the being careful to recognize where is my child at? Where am I called to shepherd and guide in this moment? And I found, Jess, that even when my child was just like me, I still couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you poor thing. I know exactly why you're feeling that way. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. And I know I'm powerless to help mm. you stop. I mean, I could show, show point her to Christ. I could talk about scripture, but it's like this, I just, it wouldn't have worked on me. I just, mm. I just, I, so the frustration and not being like them, but there's frustration in being just mm-hmm. like them and not necessarily being powerless to stop them from going down that road that you went down and like, oh, I know where that leads. And that's so sad that you're going to go down that road, but you know, you're just like me. <laughs> so, so frustrating. Yeah. So I, I, I get both sides. You have so difficult. much compassion though, when they struggle the way you do. There's you do. so much you're like, yeah, I true. get it. Well, it breaks your heart. I understand. It breaks your heart. Yeah. It's like compassion yeah. and uh, maybe a tiny bit of self-loathing. Yes. In there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as much as could be potentially righteous. Right. Yeah. You know, right. wretch that I am. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So let's think about some practical encouragements here. As you think about helping parents to prepare, you know, Jeff, you noted on the front end, it really is parent preparation for a new season and new challenges. So what are some just practical principles that you, you would encourage? You know, we, we kind of discussed this on the front end. Um, You know, some of you have noted, like keep the communication open. You know, you're mentioning that Jeff drawing out the heart, talking about those things, Um, being patient. Tanya, you're talking about that, like the long suffering, you know, you can heart, you can jump on any of those too, but just what, what encouragements would you give to parents making making this adjustment? Uh, you've got to be diligent with this because one of the things that we bumped into a lot is even when we sought to draw out their hearts, a lot of times the answer was, I'm fine. Mm. Or, you know, that hard I shell, don't I don't know. I don't know. And, and so you can't give up. You have to dig in. You, to dig in. you cannot give up. So diligence uh, and, and not, not growing weary. In, in, in doing what is right and in, and in shepherding your child's heart, um, you can't give up. This is a massive calling in your life as a parent. Um, you've got to, you got to pray a lot. I, a lot of, lot of years of driving <laughs> uh, on my 45 minute commute to work of, of just praying, 
just for yeah. Tanya at home as I said goodbye. <laughs> left the chaos. Yeah, went left the chaos. Uh, Strength my wife for the battle for him. of the day. <laughs> yeah, she prayed for she herself. To to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just and and you know your kids, especially at school, you know they're going through things. Praying for them that they would make wise choices. That that the the, the work that we put in early on would benefit them. And and yeah, that that they would share with us what's really going on. And um, and then and then don't fear. That's the other thing. You can mm-hmm. you can you can become a perfectionist as a parent. You can grow in fear. Like my kid, I'm losing my kid, or or everything's bad. It's it's you know it's the you know the sky's falling mentality when it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so don't be afraid. Pray a lot, and uh, and just know the challenges are coming. Again, this idea that everything's just going to be smooth and perfect. It's not going to be. So be ready for it. Right. I can think, you know, I, I grew up as an athlete and um, so played lots of different sports and um, I never went into a game without properly having prepared. Um, sometimes it's as simple as, you know, your uniform and, and making sure you have the right equipment, but there's been hours and hours and hours that have gone into practice and planning and, and, and learning the plays. And so when I went out on that quarter, wherever I was playing, I, I felt confidence in knowing what to expect. Now, of course, n- nothing went exactly as planned always, but I never just said, oh, well, willy nilly, I'm just going to go out and play on a, on a team. I, there was preparation that went into it. Anything, any discipline that we have in our life, there's preparation and planning that goes into it. And parenting is the same way. It's not just like, oh, well, we just came home from the hospital and we're just going to wing ding it. All right, so here you are. <laughs> You're going into a new season. So this is our new year. This is our kindergarten year. This is our fifth grade year, whatever right. it is. We're going into a new year. So what are we going to prep and plan for in this new year? Um, so as parents, as a unit with your child, um, doing our homework, do, being diligent, finding out, you know, what do I know about the teacher that they're going to have? What, what's the dynamic there? How does that teacher run their room? How does, you know, how, do, how are they going to handle changing in a locker room when they get to middle school? How, oh boy. All those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. how are we going to handle it when the, the room mom is a dad? Mm-hmm. Um, how are we going to handle it when our kids want to go over to somebody's houses and I don't know who that family is. I don't know. Yeah. So there's so many different little things that are going, they're going to happen. So the more you are prepared, the more you anticipate potential problems, the more you talk about like, this is how we're going to handle that. Get this on the is same why page. You're not going to have a phone or this is why yeah. you mm-hmm. are going to have a phone mm-hmm. or this is how you're going to use your phone, whatever those things are. Um, the more preparation and planning that you put into it, it won't necessarily go as you planned, but it, you will feel more equipped and your child will feel more confidence in saying, oh, mom said this is going to happen. And yeah. I, I remember I need to handle it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always want to be anticipatory and proactive. In coach helping them up. Our chil- mm-hmm. Coach, coach them up your kids. Coach yep. them up, yep. exactly. Um, I think that's really, really key. Um, once you send your child to school, and we're, I know we're going to talk about schooling in, in the next episode, but once you send your child off to school, a lot of your child's life is dictated by other people. So there is a loss of control, so to speak, where I don't have the time now because there's so many things and they said they have to be here at this time and they have this much homework and they have... And so it's hard to say hey, I'm losing this. I I don't have what I thought I was going to have. So planning and anticipating for margin 
in your day is really, really an important thing. When you're talking about adjustments and making plans, it's like, okay, if I put you in this and you're in this, we have zero margin in our day. We're not going to do that. Yeah. We're going to shift it around. We're yeah. going to do something that requires every other day or whatever. Um, and then being very intentional to set dates dates with your children. You know, I think every daddy should take his daughter out on a date at least once a month for her entire life mm. um, until she's married, maybe even after she's married. Aww. But I think that a daddy dating his daughter is so important, but boy, you have to anticipate that. You have to plan for it. You have to fight for that time. Um, and same thing, mothers and daughters, sons, are those dates are important. But there's something special about that dad um, taking his daughter and taking even his son out away from the home, away from the family, talking about, you know, man to man and daddy to daughter, um, really an important aspect that shouldn't be overlooked. Mm, yeah. I think that my in all my wisdom <laughs> these years, mm. uh, my great encouragement and emphasis is converse, talk, and then listen. Mm. And you talk and you listen in both intentional time times and then casual times, which are intentional for you, but not intentional for the kids. Like our big thing is um, the car for an intentional time. Mm -hmm. um, and oh. then I try to be faithful mm -hmm. with intentional teaching and um, catechism. Actually, just this morning, our mom's text thread was asking for catechism recommendations. Mm. Um, anyone listening to this podcast, I have great recommendations of a catechism that I do. And now that they're both it's easier to do it with them both now that they're five and 10. Um, we do a catechism. We talk about God's word. We're going through a book by Nancy Guthrie on prayer for kids. Um, we have character cards because I'm really honing in on that character. We have a character card and we have a manners card mm. that we're learning about mm. and nice. talking about and the application. And then we pray together and their prayer. So great. I know the nose can see them because they're up on our little nook over there. Do you nice. do a character a month or a week or? Well, we moved. So life has been ridiculous. So <laughs> I have not been structured in that, but I, I do it because I'm not always every day. So I do a, a character until I feel like we've got it. And okay. then we switch um, mm. a different one and we do manners and they like to pick them out. So it's a little bit fun there, but that intentional time where I'm teaching. And for my kids, I've tried it a couple different times a day. Um, they're both not human until they eat something. So they wake up and like demand food <laughs> right away. So at the table, they're both semi-quiet because their mouths are full and, and they're both together. And so right. that's the time that I've opted to do that. Um, and then in the car, uh, real yeah. casual time. I know lots of articles have been written about face-to-face -face and side-by-side -side conversations. So my eyes are on the road. It doesn't feel as intimidating when I'm asking them questions and we're talking about specific things. And when they were smaller it was more narration like oh praise the lord the sky is so beautiful and oh there's an accident let's pray for that person um and it's me talking to now it's them making they're talking more and zion wants to pray for the ambulance that we mm. just passed over there and a good conversation um with eden about how disobedience sometimes leads to greater consequences and i got to talk about right when it's there's a repeated disobedience. And I'm like, you know, this is how the world works. If you get a speeding ticket and then you get another speeding ticket <laughs> and then you get another speeding ticket, she was like, they can take away your license. I'm like, yes, that's the way the world works. But all of this, while right. I'm not looking her in the eyes, right, right. so it's not intimidating. Car I'm time's looking, great. Uh, just yeah. that, but, but yep. the both and it's the you talking and yep. then asking them questions and yep. letting them talk and letting them come I struggle with letting them come to the realization because I want to say, this is what it is. But to even hear Zion say earlier this week, like, 
oh, that wasn't loving. Does that mean I was on the side of Satan in that moment? Oh my. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. He's, he's the intense kid who asks, talks about death. Wow. <laughs> that, Uncanny said, I'll be there in some future event. And Zion goes, like, unless you're dead. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. Oh, that is true, son. So, but the, you know, the, they're listening. He's, yeah. he's listening yeah, right. and he's absorbing. Yeah, right. Right, and as, right. it, as I listen to them, then I can correct the false understanding and then I can see where they're at. And so, yeah, both talk and listen. Nice. And for motherhood in general, um, I always come back to Ephesians 2.10, um, which says we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, um, predestined to walk in good works. Yep. And these are the good works. I struggle with seeing interruptions to cleaning or counseling prep or something else I'm doing as interruptions. And that's not, if my child is interrupting me from another task, they are the most important thing. Shepherding their heart is the most important thing in that moment and to not miss an opportunity to talk. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I always love driving carpool because I listen to what's going on in the back seat. And oh, it was so telling. So sometimes it's not us, it's just listening to our child mm-hmm. process and what they're saying, even to like listening to your two siblings talk together instead of always mommy leading the conversation. Yeah, They, they just off guard, they might reveal a lot more that way. Um, and I think too, for parents that were, have littles right now that are anticipating these stages within the next year or two, Sunday school is a really good place to start acclimating them to the classroom setting and the teacher teaching them something and learning and holding on to that. And even just, you know, they're in Sunday school class with other little sinners. So even in a Sunday school class, the interactions can be challenging. And as parents, we want to say, oh, well, that's just not, I don't like that. But it's like, wow, this is just a microcosm of what school's going right, to be. Right, yeah. So seize the moment to talk it through with them and how was that handled? And, you know, and, and in that safe environment, you know, they're going to be hearing God's word from people who love the Lord. I mean, you can't get a better environment than a Sunday school class, but as parents, just know that that's kind of your launching pad. So don't fear it, don't fight it, embrace it, lean into it and utilize that to start teaching them. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I was thinking about something and I appreciate everything uh, everyone has offered. I'm thinking about something that you brought up in a sermon recently, Jeff, hmm. where you're talking about the world being seemingly more complicated, mm-hmm. uh, at least in our culture, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with everything, I mean, everything from media and news and being thrown at everyone. And so with that, these principles you guys are mentioning, that is part of what helps us to, to navigate uh, and help our kids to navigate this world when we're paying attention, mm-hmm. when we're not, you know, burying our heads in the sand. We've kind of given that analogy beating it to death, but uh, given that analogy multiple times, we can't ignore the things that are going on. But like you're saying, Tanya, it's teaching them through it. Mm -hmm. So like the other day we were watching uh, American Ninja Warrior with, with our kids and Eden loves it. They're, you know, they're doing Mm -hmm. all kinds of crazy things on there. And they give backstory. And this one kid talks about how he was trying to overcome anxiety and he was doing it the world's way. So they were doing some brain scan and different kinds of things. Well, the interesting thing about that, you know, I have studied it. So I do have a, a baseline knowledge, not, I'm not an expert, but a baseline knowledge about the science or pseudoscience behind it. And so I'm watching it and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, okay, 
How's she taking yeah, this? Yeah, how's in? she processing? And so she had just got done saying, I like seeing all the backstories yeah. of all the people to hear about what they're going through and the challenges. So I took the opportunity and I paused and I said, so, you know, sweetie, what do you think about, you know, this challenge of anxiety? Do you, do you know that God's word speaks to this? And she's like, no, I didn't. Hmm. So we just had a very brief, you know, not a counseling session, but a very <laughs> brief reading of Philippians 4, 4 through 9 and what God's word says about how we deal with anxiety and we bring it to God and God is the cure for anxiety in Christ. Hmm. Uh, and just reminding her about that. And so taking those opportunities and we kept playing it, you know, I didn't want to belabor the point right. or give her right. a mini sermon, but just yeah. to encourage her like, yeah. hey, God's word says something about this. If we're watching something that talks about evolution, uh, same thing, like, you know, hey, pause real quick. You you know what they're saying is not true, right? right. Uh, you, and do you know why it's not true? And because God created the earth in six days, or created the earth in one day, but yeah. uh, created creation over six days. Right. Uh, and so walking her through that, it, primarily I'm talking about the grade school years with her, uh, what that's been like has just constantly been bringing whatever is going on in the world, all the chaos and the, the misinformation and the lies and instead of just being angry about it, and like we talk about this, you, right. you mentioned so often, whether it's unshakable or a sermon, instead of just shaking your fist right. and saying, how dare the world? Right. Think, okay, now what is true? Right. And what can I promote? And what can I talk about? And how can I speak of these things and instruct my, ch- my child with these things? Because they're going to face them. Yep. They're going to face them more and more. It's, and it's good for her to learn discernment mm-hmm. at a young age. You do not want our none of our children to be gullible to believe everything that's said out there. Right. So the sooner, now, and you know, this, I just said the safe place is Sunday school and you know that everything they're receiving there is true. Um, but you want to, as soon as you can, teach them that, there are people that we aren't going to tell us things that aren't true. Right. There's shows, there's things on television, there's yeah. social media, there's, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere there's things that are not true. So that's so much better for them to learn than just like, la-di-da, everything's great and right. true. So it's good. It's yep. good. Any other thoughts you guys want to add before we wrap this one up? We're, we're over time. We got another one to come up. I know. I got one, Wait, one minute. Yeah, go just for on, it. Just okay. on the, the way you just described the Hebrew way of instructing is so important. Grabbing hold of everyday moments and then and then a brief instruction, not belaboring it, right? Because yeah. I remember how, how often did my, did my kids say, okay, okay, dad, I got pa- it, dad, dad, pastor. Yeah, yeah this is going to be a sermon. <laughs> You're a little long um, <laughs> Right? Because guess what? Kids won't, kids will not sit on the couch and go, oh, father, uh, please Teach instruct me, me in the ways of wisdom. Yeah. They don't do that. Right, so you got to you got to grab those moments, and then make it short and sweet, and don't belabor it, and move on. Yeah, yeah. because it does sink in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but don't don't become the. And, the, and it's like the that preacher. watering principle. We're talking yeah. about cultivation. It's yeah. you just keep watering. Yeah, don't overwater. Right, but you just the little sprinkle, you know, and you watch that little sprinkle over time keeps the soil moist, plants yeah. grow. Yeah, you know, the heat comes, and, right. and we right. get to see the fruit. It's good, which is great. Okay, well, thank you all for a great discussion. God willing, we'll be here next time to talk about another aspect uh, of grade school years. But friends, thank you for joining us on another episode of Thinking Tree, where we pray it is helping you to renew your minds and reform your hearts. And we'll see you next time.